Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. We hope you enjoy this sermon from a recent Sunday worship service. I love leading drum circles. And I don't just mean with other drummers, I mean with everyone. So how many of you, I wonder, would say, I'm not a drummer? Yeah, I wondered if I might not be preaching to the choir this morning, so that's fine. I would like to talk about the fact that I believe we're all life drummers, and the universe is just waiting for us to tap it or pat it or strike it and make it vibrate. Here's a modified excerpt from one of my favorite books that I give out to people called The Listening Book. Discovering Your Own Music by W.A. Matthew. He says, how else am I going to find out what the world is made of than by thumping and whacking on it, jostling the secret loose with a little loving persuasion? Objects were made to vibrate. There are resonances hidden inside every lump and shard of nature. My nature is to unleash them. The amazing thing is how drums are an abstraction of the mammalian form, skin outside, hollowness inside. Drums are exciting because we make the identification, my own skin stretched over my own hollowness. The body is the first drum. Less obvious are tabletops and ladder rungs and car roofs. When you're a life drummer, you learn how everything has its own surface and its own hollowness and a voice hidden inside waiting for you. From the most unlikely sources have come the sweetest sounds. Some of them may have been waiting for their freedom. Do your part. The vibrational world needs you. Whack it. Tap it softly. Put your ear right up next to it. Or give it a jolt and stand back. Remember, one honors a thing by vibrating it. Some folks laugh at me when I say that. People are life drummers. Me, a life drummer? No, no. And I explain that the heartbeat is really the first rhythm that we ever know when we're inside our mother's bellies. And that heartbeat is a bass rhythm that drives us. And we can begin directly from that heartbeat to move into more complicated rhythms and sound patterns. When people tell me that they're not drummers, I wonder who told them that. Was it a teacher, a friend, a parent, maybe an inner voice or society saying that these people are drummers and these people are not? There's a fear of judgment that holds folks back from experiencing themselves as drummers or singers or artists or even good at math, good at writing, good at so many things. So think back. Is there someone who told you that you couldn't do something? Let's quiet those narratives, those voices, and make room for some new. Make room for some new things to come in, shall we? 
I recently talked to this music tutor who was sharing about her student who did not want to practice. And his mother was fit to be tied, that she was paying for lessons, and he just wouldn't practice. And so the music tutor said, let me talk to him. She said, I wonder what you want to do when you grow up. He said, I don't know. Okay, so if you could change it tomorrow, and what would you want to do just today? He said, I guess maybe a construction worker. Okay, so she continued. Do you think a construction worker ever needs to be creative? And he started to describe situations where he might need to think of solutions or to build something special with new ideas. And then the tutor asked him to read from a poster she had in her studio. And he read aloud, fact, one of the only activities that activates, stimulates, and uses the entire brain is music. What do you think about that, she asked. He thought. She suggested that he practice just a little bit every day to see if his brain might be activated more for innovation, for thinking outside the box, and maybe even creativity. And he agreed he could try that. So they made a chart with three-minute time slots, and six-minute time slots, and 11-minute time slots, and even days off. And he agreed to that. He could practice just a little bit to see if it might prompt something else in his brain to activate. To me, this is similar to convincing someone that they are a life drummer. It takes some openness to breathe into the role of a creative. In social cognitive theory, guided mastery experiences serve as the primary vehicle of personal and social change. People confront their troublesome realities and are enabled to manage them in ways that improve the quality of their lives. Social problems require social remedies. Albert Bandura does a lot of research and work around phobias, so I hope this, you will find this as relatable as well. One of his projects dealt with the fear of snakes, also my fear. The guided mastery process started in one room where the facilitator said, there's a snake in the other room and we're going to go in there. And most people responded, the heck I am. <laughs> no way. So they opened up a two-way mirror and showed the other room from a safe distance that there was a snake in the other room and they could look into the other room and see the snake safely. And then they said, we're gonna go stand in the doorway and just stand in the doorway and the snake will be in the other room. And people could agree to those really incremental changes. But the really surprising part was that most people, once they put on this big leather welder's glove and were invited to touch the snake, they said, oh, how beautiful. Oh, how interesting. 
and they would let the snake into their laps. I mean, these people were transformed. I can't even imagine. I haven't done the experiment yet. But this incremental approach, just approaching with a little bit more confidence, transform these people into approaching this snake, this fear that they had. We should create creative confidence for ourselves to slowly approach things that scare us or cause us to feel out of our comfort zone. We must do something uncomfortable in order to become comfortable. And I'd like to suggest that we can practice and exercise our creativity with a few simple steps just like that. Hence the title of my sermon, Frame, Turn, Create. I'd like to reframe creativity as the ability to see opportunity. When you put something in a frame, you can see it differently. Reverend David shared that when he when he put his photos in a frame, he realized they were art. Before, they were just photographs. But for the art show, he had to put them in a frame and mat them. And wow, they really transformed into something different. But what about a metaphorical frame? The ability to recognize the constraints on something you're doing. There's a constraint here, and there's a constraint here. Now we can turn it. And how does it look from a different perspective or an angle? Does it reveal anything that we haven't seen before? And then maybe turn it again. And the more we, see, the more we turn, the more we see things that we might not have seen before. I really wanted to use the metaphor of the mollusk or the oyster producing a pearl but I like to make sure my metaphors are strong, so I went ahead and did some research on pearls. And it turns out that I had previously understood that just a stray grain of sand would produce a pearl, but it's not just a stray grain. It's actually viewed as an intruder to the shell. It's treated like a parasite. There's something there that doesn't belong. And then it becomes covered in these substances excreted by the shell's organism. That's how it becomes a pearl. So it's not just framing a problem that creates a pearl, but framing the very first intrusive thought. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not creative. Those thoughts are the ones that we need to cover and coat in something strong and beautiful. Remember in the story for all ages this morning, the dot? The child said, I can't. And the teacher said, yes, you can. Now sign it. And they were able to see their work in a new light, in a new frame. They could see that they could do even more than before. And then another child said, I can't. And that transformed child said, yes, you can. Now sign it. Creativity is not about comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy 
they say. But it's about reaching deep down into your spirit to find something new. Then framing that. Turning it a little bit. Finding something else new. Creativity is not just for artists and musicians, but for all of us who wish to think outside the box, who want to innovate and see new pathways of possibilities. I would like to suggest that creativity is a divine energy that helps us transform an I can't into a beautiful opportunity. We then take the next step and share that divine energy with others, giving them permission to be creative and innovative. Creativity is contagious. So let's pass it on, shall we? Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Fairfax. To listen to more sermon podcasts, go to uucf.org slash worship hyphen services and scroll down to sermon podcasts.